You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Basketball Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a weekly program on 3CR Radical Community Radio and we're about cycling, bikes, scooters, micro-mobility, getting around without a combustion engine and all manner of things in between. And today I am going to be talking to Harrison Watt and he's a local Fitzroy resident who'd been organising a petition and a community campaign based around getting curbside protected bike lanes on Johnson Street uh, from, well, along the Johnson Street said, which will help if the project uh, or we get uh, the listening uh, abilities of a uh, couple of levels of government to listen to this uh, worthy project, uh, which will connect uh, Q to Absford. And uh, it's a bit difficult coming in on, these, um, on a Monday morning and kind of being upbeat and happy and all the rest of it. When there's just, uh, again, my probably one of my favourite ways of trying to explain things at the moment is it revolves around the word externalities. And we've just had a pretty, actually, no, not pretty, a pretty ugly weekend in Melbourne to do around, well, vehicle-based violence. And I just want to start with, I saw a thing on the, uh, on the platform previously known as Twitter, and... Uh, as you call pocket fam or someone who's on that uh, platform, Rachel or Rach has put into words a lot better than what I could say at the moment about uh, current events. And uh, I will link this in the podcast description. Even in something as clear cut as to a car being the cause of multiple deaths and so tragic, the language in so many of articles about the Dalleswood pub is still so car centric, with much of it seeming to justify why people were where people are allowed to be and gather. And the second part of that, even worse if it is from direct quotes of the police spokespeople, maybe journos, ask them nonsense questions like, why was it so full of people? A car mounted a curb, whether multiple deaths slash injuries or not, people allowed to be there. And uh, I'll, do, I'll uh, say that bit is FSS. Yes, people being where they like to be or where they need to be and we've uh, faced an entire mobility or immobility uh, transport system around displacing people and inserting vehicles and 
whether which which part of that you uh, fall into or you don't prescribe to at all well over the time of something has to give and we have to rein in our deference and our dependence upon uh, cars and vehicles I, I, I'm at a kind of a loss at looking at some of the things that uh, have happened in the last week or so and I don't really want to reel off a whole bunch of really quite unpleasant incidences because you know, it's a show I like to keep it upbeat, I like to keep it solutions focused about community based things. Yeah, and uh, again, there was something I put out last night about uh, the uh, the Wellington Street Strategic Cycling Corridor. The, the, the feedback closed on that early this morning, or 9am to be specific, and uh, put that out on you know, Twitter, a couple of reminders of get your feedback in. And again, going back to the platform previously known as Twitter, and as someone's quote tweeted, it is, why is cyclists have to fight for every inch of space, street by street, one drawn out consultation, stage at a time, while kilometres of valuable inner city land are just handed over to whoever proposes a half-baked, unsolicited proposal to the government. Okay, that's their perspective. I'm just reading that out. Uh, I'd like to kind of counterpoint some of this stuff with, uh, there's a, at a, at a, a federal and state level, there's going to be a go slow on for, you know, approving very large infrastructure projects because of, you know, again, externalities, uh, interest rates, uh, debt, the rest of it. And there is a solution to um, kind of looking at this massive nation building sort of thing of all this stuff that's at the pipeline and we want to use whatever jargon for building massive road projects. Well, there is a solution and it's in the tens or ones or hundreds of thousands, or I'm talking about before, millions to do with infrastructure for active transport in terms of bang for buck, BCR or whatever you know, uh, financial mechanism you want to use in terms to work out its uh, feasibility and or plausibility and or usefulness to its community. Active transport wins uh, bang for buck every time. And if we're going to have a uh, thing on, we can't just uh, throw out billions on uh, um, huge infrastructure projects. You're going to have a refocus on community and human-based infrastructure projects, which is walking and cycling and public transport. And I can't help but notice, again, I'm just going to go just leap out a few more steps to um, some world politics. And it's uh, it's quite galling to watch um, instances around the Palestinian issue at the moment. There's a lot of gatekeeping going on of, you know, the, the, the people protesting. We Apparently we don't know what we're talking about and you're, you're anti-Semitic and all the rest of it. It's got nothing to do with that whatsoever. So like I say, there's a lot of gatekeeping in certain levels of discussion. And if anything is going to change, it's got to come from the community. It's got to come from people. It's got to be shown that decision makers, if they're unfit to take decisions, we replace them peacefully and democratically. So, yeah, and that might just dovetail nicely into uh, 2024 next year is LGA time. Yes, most of uh, Victoria's councils will be going out to election. Now, a bit uh, where I want to bring this in is uh, go back about just over a week ago. We had Critical Mass North Spooky Edition. And, um, yeah, it took a few months to pull that together. And thanks to Sally, Ruth, Mark... Uh, Jeremy, Steve, um, I'm just a person who does a lot of uh, administration and kind of posting things online, so I really didn't do that. Sally 
I didn't do more than that, but Sally did a lot of the reconnaissance and Ruth media release and the rest of it. But where I'm going with this is at the uh, end of the ride that I had a couple of local politicians from old councillors uh, at uh, Susanna from Derebin Council and Sophie from Yarra Council. Just basically say if you want things and you want things to change, maybe, maybe consider stepping up either standing for council or supporting those in council to make those changes at your local level and or put the pressure on the other three levels or other two levels of government where appropriate and those things at times seem a bit insurmountable and you think why bother well that's the reason why we've got a uh well the push pull of i just when i was just quoting stuff there on twitter about how we have to fight um, disproportionately and asymmetrically for every little bit of road space and it doesn't need to be like that if we can change I don't know I think I might, I might use this analogy the uh, active transport oval to Ovalton window and uh, preface that if people are intra, uh, more concerned about debt and deficit well again active transport is the most feasible and the most economically pragmatic solution for what a lot of our cities are facing Okay, I think I'll just neatly dismount from the uh, soapbox or the milk crate there. And uh, after I play this announcement, I'm going to be chatting to Harrison about protected curbside lanes for Johnson Street. What's taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. Today on Yarra Bosque User Group Radio on 3CR, I'm having a chat to Harrison and he's going to tell us all about a petition he started off on Change.org. It's around Johnson Street and Harrison can fill us in a lot more about it. Thanks, Chris, and thanks for having me on the show today. My name's Harrison, I'm a Fitzroy local and I've started a petition for protected bike lanes along Johnson Street from Kew to Carlton. The background behind it, and I guess the reason why I've started this petition is to really increase the safety along this route. It's a highly frequented route with access to uh, places like 
Yarra Boulevard, where a lot of cyclists bike. We've also got Abbotsford Convent, Collingwood Children's Farm, Smith Street, Brunswick Street. So large activity centres like that, Ligon Street and the University of Melbourne as well. So it's a really key cycling route within Melbourne. Currently, we're lacking an east-west link within Melbourne to connect people to those areas. In terms of how it all started, I suppose, one day I was cycling home from work. Like most people, I suppose, in the inner north of Melbourne like to get around on bike because uh, it's good for the climate. It's free. You don't really have to pay too much. Um, no $5 Mikey fare. And it's not really practical to drive from this, uh, from here to the city. So I was cycling home one day and nearly got hit by a car and was lucky enough that um, someone was, a couple were behind me in another car and sort of tooted to stop the guy from hitting me. I suppose from that moment, I emailed the council straight away and was lucky enough to hit the inbox of uh, Sophie Wade, the local Greens councillor here in my ward, who happens to also be a person that rides around the area as well. So she sort of helped me channel my frustrations, um, I suppose, with the unsafe conditions that we have here in Melbourne uh, into a petition, uh, specifically around Johnson Street, because I guess... It just makes a lot of sense uh, to pick this road in particular. In terms of, I suppose, the end goal, really want to transform the street, um, make it look a lot better, make it a lot more accessible. So we are calling for protected bike lanes along the route, but we're also calling for more uh, bike hoops for parking, wider footpaths for pedestrians and outdoor dining. I was in Melbourne uh, during the lockdowns and saw the cast spaces be repurposed for outdoor dining and everyone really seemed to love those so I think it's really great if we could bring those back and we know that they generate more revenue for business as well as opposed to a car space which is just used by one user. Lower speed limits as well because it's quite inconsistent in terms of the speed limits so on Elgin Street uh, for example to the continuation of Johnson that goes up to 50 whilst people are cycling and then down the other end towards the Studley Park Road and that uh, reaches 60 kilometres an hour so we know that uh, lower the speed limit the less likely uh, cyclists and vulnerable road users are going to be injured or killed so we want to make sure that it's a really safe place to cycle and get around. Uh, we're also calling for uh, more greenery and planters as well. Yeah, because yeah. that's a fascinating thing about that the area. Like you've got the cross north streets as well, like Napier and uh, yeah. Smith and Johnson and Brunswick. It turned into a great feeder route. Yeah, exactly. So it connects so many routes, really safe routes as well. Like Wellington Street is uh, has protected bike lanes on there already, um, where the government, uh, sorry, the council is currently conducting consultation around the extension of those up into Clifton Hill and Fitzroy North as well. So this is a really key route, which will connect a lot of those feeder routes into places, even like the CBD as well. Like it'll be a lot easier for people to cycle along Johnson Street and then connect up through Rathdown Streets and then down through Exhibition as well. So getting into the city that way is a lot safer as opposed to sort of, I suppose, cycling down Brunswick Street and then down Gisborne, MacArthur and then into Collins where the bike lanes are sort of, I don't know, maybe 30 centimetres wide. It doesn't really make too much sense. So it makes yeah a lot more sense to funnel people into the city into safer routes i suppose
fun on Melbourne Cup Day, but without the cruelty by saying nup to the cup. Join Coalition for the Protection of Racehorses and Ten Fingers on Tuesday 7th of November for fashions on the field at the Flemington Bowls Club from 11am. Live music, DJs, delicious food, lawn bowls, outlandish dress-ups and human races. Let's celebrate animals, not exploit them. Visit nuptothecup.org for tickets. Help us make the first Tuesday of November a party for the animals. Nup to the Cup is a 3CR supporter. And I suppose in terms of the government's plans as well, Johnson Street's also been flagged as a strategic cycling corridor in the principal bicycle network. So that is network of bike lanes or if bike routes, if you will. There's not really bike lanes on Johnson Street, which are supposed to be safe, so supposed to be connected. Um, there's all these key principles which are so supposed to be, but currently Johnson Street's not many of them. It's not really integrated. It's not safe. So it's really lacking in terms of um, the plan that the government have put out. So I think the government really needs to practice what they preach and start putting actions into place to make Melbourne a cyclable city. We need to decarbonise our transport. We know that if we need to meet our emission reduction targets. So we need to get people out of cars and onto bikes and onto public transport instead. But people need to have safe bike lanes and safe infrastructure to enable that. So we know that 60% of Victorians want to cycle and want to cycle to work or for leisure as well, but they don't feel safe enough to do so currently. So that's why you've seen a dip as well in the statistics, I suppose, of people cycling in Melbourne, particularly um, since lockdowns have lifted and we have a lot more cars on the road as well. The actual petition itself, it's directed towards the Minister for Roads and Road Safety, Melissa Horn, the Minister yep. for Active Transport and Public Transport, Gabrielle Williams, and the Minister for Transport Infrastructure, Danny Pearson. And copies of the petition are being sent to Yarra City Council, City of Melbourne and City of Boroondara. Really positive uh, to see that the member for Melbourne, uh, Ellen Sandell, brought the petition to the floor of the Victorian Parliament late last month, which is really great to see, asking the Minister for Active Transport, Gabrielle Williams, to meet with myself and also consider the proposal for protected bike lanes along Johnson Street. I guess we can see already that this has a lot of community support. I've been walking up and down Johnson Street talking to businesses and overwhelmingly everyone's been really lovely and taken a, a flyer or a poster and said, yeah, this is a great idea. We struggled to get uh, bike hoops for our customers as it is. So we want to see more people cycling, less people um, parking out the front. And it also makes it, the area so much nicer as well with reduced air pollution, which is also really a positive thing. But even, yeah, from a community support perspective, everyone that I've sort of been speaking to on the streets has really uh, warmed the proposal. We can see that in the numbers as well. So we've just hit over uh, 1,300 signatures, which is really positive, just sort of four to five weeks of the campaign. Did take a, a break, a short break during the referendum period as well, just out of respect for our First Nations and Torres Strait Islander peoples. 
yeah, we've been in full swing uh, since and the numbers continue to go strength to strength. So we can see that this is not just a campaign led by like a small few people. It's just, it's a, it's a campaign, which is a really strong community campaign, which a lot of people want to get involved with and a lot of people want to support, which is great. Yeah, because uh, at the conclusion of Critical Mass North, the spooky edition, at which ended up in All Nations Park, uh, you got up and yeah. said a few words and it was very warmly received. It was great to see. I had a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, thank you so much for starting this petition. I once got doored on Johnson Street when I was cycling and I nearly died. So I I want to I want to see a safe street. I want to be able to cycle where I need to go safely. So yeah, and I suppose I've I've heard from a lot of people as well in the comments as well saying like I'm a mum, I need to cycle to my early learning center each day down in Abbotsford. I live in Fitzroy. Um, but it's impossible. I have to go to the back streets and it takes me forever. I have to somehow cross Hoddle Street via the back streets, which is just not really safe at all. And then I heard from another woman who said, I work in Parkville, but I live in Fitzroy. It should be a really easy commute, but it's not at all because I have to go to the back streets because Johnson Street and Elgin Street aren't safe at all. So I think yeah, we our government, our state government and federal governments need to start investing in cycling more quite heavily. Active transport receives a really low budget in the overall uh, transport budget each year. So I suppose if we look at countries like France, they're investing 2 billion euros to get people cycling and you can get a subsidized or free bike depending on your sort of social status. And then the rollout of bike lanes as well. So cities like Paris, you would have seen from like 2020 have been rolling out bike lanes rapidly. And the mayor of the city uh, has plans to make the city 100% cyclable, which is really positive. Um, so I think Melbourne and other cities around Australia need to follow suit. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, on digital and online, 3CR Radical Radio. So I think of like having a, a great connector from Carlton through to Kew. I mean, that's, that's got a hell of a lot of merit and uh, the benefits thereof. So how can people jump on the petition? How can people get in touch? How people lend support? And, you know, on social media. Yep. So if you want to search or find the URL at change.org forward slash bike lanes for Johnson Street uh, with the number four. Um, and you can also follow us on Instagram as well. So bike lanes for, again, the number Johnson Street. So you can send me a DM there. Or you can sign the petition and make sure you comment as well because it's really great to see all the reasons for signing and why everyone wants to get behind a, a more livable and safe Johnson Street. So those are the sort of the yeah two ways that you can probably get in contact and really help us out. And even if people like live out Q-Way because I'm living obviously in North, um, as I mentioned earlier, so it'd be great to get some people from sort of Burundara um, City Council area as well to get behind the campaign. I've heard from a few people in queue, but yeah, hoping to hear from a lot more. Yeah, because the thing at Johnson Street at the moment, I don't know if it quite fits the definition thereof, but it's like a strode. It's just so yeah. busy and over, it, it's it's out of balance. 
you, you can tell yeah. people at the sides and the side streets are very, you know, the the kind of a community thing of engagement, people walking around. And you get to Johnson Street and it feels very alien. And it didn't yeah. always be like that. Have you seen older pictures of it before, you know, it turned into a car thoroughfare? It's quite an, an attractive street. And now it just feels like this over uh, in terms of traffic density. And it just needs to take a step back and become something yeah. that for, for, for people who actually live in the area instead of something that, that everyone else goes through without uh, much thought. Yes, no, that's true. Yeah, I was looking at a few historical photos of it um, the other night and reading up on some history. And it said that Johnson Street was one of the main activity centres around Collingwood and Abbotsford pre-war period. So you had lots of grocers, you had lots of butchers and lots of clothes shops. So a lot of competition, sort of a lot of hustle, hustle and bustle along there, which was really great. But yeah, since we've sort of added in a lot of cars and the government flagged it as an arterial road that's just sort of died off a lot there are a lot of great businesses still on johnson street but we know that 30 percent of the shop fronts are vacant which is a lot for this area so definitely making it more local making it more livable uh, will attract a lot more people you look at rose street for example on the weekends um, here in fitzroy that is closed oh it's not closed off to cars but it's it's a shared space so um, the speed limit along there is 10 there's um, a local market that runs here it's full of people and you see the the overflow of that into retail businesses along brunswick street as well so we know that once you remove cars from a space, uh, you'll see an uptick in foot traffic and a lot more people coming down and spending and really stimulating the uh, retail shops along there. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a way to return the street to its uh, former glory, I suppose. We also know as well that there's an adjacent freeway that runs along Johnson Street. So you've got the Eastern Freeway. So it's not like cars don't have an alternative choice. They've got a place where they can already drive 100 kilometres an hour to get back where to where they need to be rather than going sort of 40 and then 60 to sort of get down from, say, Fitzroy down to Kew. So there's a lot of different options. So we're not sort of saying we're anti-car. We're saying we need to be repurposing space for people rather than for cars for this particular uh, road or street. Yeah, restore some balance. <laughs> it's Yeah, exactly. You're listening to 855 AM. I just probably like to say it'd be really great if I could hear from the relevant ministers, anyone else as well that wants to help out with the campaign, please send me a DM and we can chat from there as well as any other sort of politicians as well. I've contacted a few of them. If you want to do like a walkthrough of Johnson Street uh, to see how it's really like, by all means, please get in contact or yeah, we can set up a time. I think it's really important to see things sort of from face value and and look at them to then make some decisions. I mean, even if like you, you're driving down the street, the street has three lanes dedicated to car traffic and then you've got bus lanes either side, but most of the time there's parked cars in there. So I was on Johnson Street earlier today and saw someone riding in between a parked car and moving cars and the car didn't give the one metre legal 
distance that they're supposed to give that's now law in Victoria. And you just sort of think, oh, like one wobble and something could really bad could happen. So it's not, I don't think um, it's a matter of people taking responsibility wholly for their, their safety on the roads. It's also the infrastructure and setting people up for success and preventing accidents from happening in the first place or crashes and collisions, I should say, not accidents. I was just going to say on your Instagram account, you had had like two or three mock-up designs or suggestions. You, obviously, it's just it's just more than a notion there. You go thought towards planning and design there as well. So, Yeah, it could be even be like a journey. We saw during lockdowns, lanes of traffic were removed and uh, you had pop-up bicycle lanes which worked really well and a lot of them have stayed so um, Heidelberg Road for example was a great one that stayed even the ones that rolled out along Exhibition and um, Rathdown Streets as well so even if it's just like a journey of saying okay let's take out one lane and see what that looks like we can put something in bi-directional and then let's count the numbers and see if people start using it but then after that, maybe we can take out another lane and then use the other side of the road. So it makes it easier for people to to get around and even turn as well. So yeah, it's it doesn't have to be sort of the, the final product straight away. It can definitely be sort of a, a journey of improving the street at a slower pace, just as long as it's safe though. Because we know that people will cycle if they feel safe and they have protected bike lanes as opposed to just sort of paint or other sort of measures. Bicycle Uses Group Radio. Thank you to Harrison for making time to have a chat about the Curbside Protected Lanes uh, Project or Community Program, or project I should say. And a quick bit of news, uh, Bike Spot is up and happening again. You might remember that back in 2015 and 2020, it was a, I mean, a Victorian-wide project. Now it's gone national. And uh, you can go to bikespot.org.au or bot.com.au and look up the details of that. And I had a chat to uh, Anthony and they've had over 15,000 entries so far on the bike spot to pin your concern or where you feel unsafe. Okay, up next is SheBop followed by Black Blog.
3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.